What about what about wine? Do you not drink wine? Do you not drink? I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> I do not reference alcohol in the book at all because yeah, I, I was going to say it. like you're a mom of four. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a statist. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas, and this is In House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In House. Hi, guys, welcome back to another episode of In House with me, Ariel Charnas. Today, I'm very excited to welcome a very special guest to the podcast, Daphne Oz. Daphne is not only an incredible woman, but also an Emmy Award winning television host, New York Times best selling author natural foods chef, wife, and mother of four. Her newest cookbook, Eat Your Heart Out, All Fun, No Fuss Food to Celebrate Eating Clean, which is available now, is a collection of 150 recipes free from gluten and refined sugar and full of flavor. Her motto, taking good care of yourself, should always be delicious. Welcome to the podcast. So why don't we just start with you telling us about yourself and and who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, my name is Daphne Oz. I am a television host. I am a mother of four, an author, and an eater by nature, by calling, and by choice. <laughs> I feel like everything I do in some way ties back to like how can I make life more delicious? Um, I love that. And I am very lucky to have been a part of really awesome television shows like uh, The Chew, which I hosted, um, The Good Dish, which is most recently on uh, every day. Actually, it's you have to check your local listings though. So it's That's so cool. It's really I was. It's honestly like such a fun show to be a part of. That is with Jamaica Pessoa and Gail Simmons. So it's just like a girl party in the kitchen. So much great culinary advice, but but you won't even realize you're getting that because it's just like a fun time with your girlfriends. Right. And I am the newest judge on MasterChef Junior on Fox every Thursday. So cool. So that's our deal. That's what we do. And my new cookbook, Eat Your Heart Out. Oh, my God. Yes. We're going to talk about that. But wait, I have a question for you. Is it weird being on TV? Well, I feel like in a funny way, especially with TikTok, Instagram, et cetera, everybody's on TV. Everybody like has their TV persona kind of now, you know, because when you're talking to camera, it it is interesting. When I first, um, so I first started doing television as part of the book tour for my first book, The Dorm Room Diet, which I put out in college. And that I will say was like a, that was a really, that was where I sort of learned the ropes because I was a really shy kid. I was much better with adults than I was with my peers. And then I put out a book about weight loss for college kids and right. literally had to go like talk about my weight journey with a bunch of college I would, kids. I'm so <laughs> scared. I mean, how did you do that? Well, it, shyly and probably badly at first. And then ultimately, actually, it ended up being the most incredible experience because I would look out at these crowds of like, you know, the Panhellenic Society. And it was all people like my age in exactly the same right. life stage that I was in. And they had come to this talk to you could see that what I was sharing was actually really resonating. It was changing something for them about how they felt that their health could be in their control. What I realized was like the freshman 15 people have obviously heard a lot about this. And and for a lot of us, you know, living at college is the first time we've really been independent from our families. And I wanted to harness that freedom to be a time when I could have, you know, to, 
to increase my responsibility, to have a time where I was creating a healthy lifestyle for the rest of my life, as opposed to, you know, letting it all go, go to hell. And then, I feel like everyone you know, in college, like that's where we all gain the weight. We all gain weight. Yeah. Well, of course. And, and you, and you would, because of how like easy it is just to party all the time and hang out and, and right. enjoy yourself. Say alcohol. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. And, and honestly, that was a big part of my like balancing act is I really wanted to have the full college experience. I went to the keggers. Right. I went to the pizza late nights. I went to all those things, but I also wanted to do it in a way that would allow me to lose the 40 extra pounds that I went to college carrying. So I did it in this really balanced, like completely right. normal way of, of just recognizing where those danger zones were, that it's really easy to fall into, into places of like mindless right. eating or, or, you know, not even really making a conscious choice about it. All to say, I went on book tour to, to talk about this book and it was a hugely like a, like a major sort of epiphany moment in my life that something uh, that I thought was going to be a cross to bear, this idea of being an overweight kid in a family full of health nuts, actually gave me not just a platform, but also a lens to talk about health in a very accessible way, in a very approachable way, right. and in a very effective way, because like these were strategies I genuinely had used in my life that I was talking about in this book. Um, and you could see how it was resonating with the people coming to see my talks and, and, uh, and after I would do television appearances and things. And that opened my eye to like, being vulnerable, and this is, you know, this to be true across right. so much of our lives, like being vulnerable and talking openly and authentically about a, an experience that was a struggle is so validating, not just for you, but for the people you're talking to. Like I could yeah. see how much value is bringing to their lives. And that helped me get over the shyness. It helped me get over the idea that like, that's it, incredible. Yeah, it was an interesting, a really interesting learning point for me about just, um, how different, uh, how we don't ever really know whether something happening in our life is good or bad. You right. know what I mean? It's just like right. it happens and then you see if it's good or bad later. Um, so that was my first experience on TV. And I have to say, like, I fell in love with that medium very early on because it is a way that you can connect with so many people quickly and and right. and um, genuinely. Like hosting, you know, daytime television shows, I am literally eating lunch with our viewers all the time. And that's, that's such a so personal nice. It yeah. is. It's like you're in their home. You're sharing that space with them. Um, and I get to I feel like I get to have just like a much wider community of friends. It, yeah. It's really cool. Like when I meet people, you know, frequently at supermarkets, at restaurants, at places where people <laughs> who love to eat, hang out. Um, it's so funny talking to each other because my kids will always be like, do you know that? Like, are we related to them? What do you <laughs> say? What do you say to the kids? Um, are we related? Are we related to them? We have a big family, so it's not like beyond question. Right. Um, but uh, no, I say no, they, you know, they, they, we don't know each other, but it's a very warm, it's, you know, when you share food with people, when you share a recipe with people, it, yeah. it, it does feel very it's personal. Intimate. It's very yeah. intimate. Yeah. So wait, I, I'm actually curious, what do you say to your kids when they, when they're like, how does that person know you? They know, I mean, my older two who are the ones who are more aware of it are eight and six and they know right. what like Instagram is. They know what TikTok is. They, they know what TikTok so is. So your six-year-old knows what Instagram is? Like they, like. He, he, he doesn't know what goes on on Instagram, but he knows it exists. But like, does he understand that people are watching? Uh, yes. I think he understands that people who are, who are not like our immediate family, who I also share tons of videos and pictures with are looking, ha have seen him because, because they talk to him too. They like know that he yeah. lost a tooth or they know that he, uh, you know, went to sailing camp and caught a fish. Like they'll know things about his life. And I'll be like, I didn't. My six-year-old doesn't know. I don't think she knows that, that. That's wonderful that she's like, she knows what Instagram is. Yeah. Like she is very, like I've talked about it a million times, but I don't think she understands that like people that we don't know are watching what we post. 
well, you know what? I, I don't know. My he, my six year old's very like precocious he's about a lot of second. things, and he's the second, and he's definitely getting and he has an older uh, older yeah. sister fed down to him yep. for sure. Um, yep. But I also think you know it's they've had a slightly different experience too with like my dad obviously has lots of people come up to him too and they know they've like seen i remember when my daughter was 2 and my dad was on like buses all over new york city oh my god what did she and say she'd be like there's grandpa on the bus you know it was like <laughs> it was very funny she definitely thought it was his car she definitely was like that is so funny <laughs> um, there's dad's bus there's dad's bus. bus you know there he is on the bus um but it that was, is you know, so, so funny. i think they have a little more a little bit more of like an attunement to yeah. the idea that like this is a, right. uh, there's Not a public, as, yeah, image there. But how, um, how was it for you growing up with parents in the limelight like that? I actually, I didn't grow up with my dad in the limelight. My dad didn't um, start doing the Oprah show until I was well into high school. I remember only because my junior year of high school, um, the guy that I liked came up to me. Oh, God. I, it's like, you can't make this shit up. He came up to me and he was like, um, so I hear your parents have sex four times a day. And I literally, like, if you can imagine melting into a puddle no, and, like, no, hiding I can't. in a I cupboard. I just got, like, my, I just got chills on my arm. Like, what like, did you even say? I had no oh idea. God. I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like. You're like, they do? <laughs> I, like, didn't want, I didn't want to know what he was talking about, but I also didn't know what he was talking about. So my dad had been, um, I guess, named. America's sexiest doctor or something. And so in, as oh, part of this interview, God. he had misspoken. He meant four times a week. But still, I was like, this is just oh, ridiculous. My God. You're killing oh, me. My God. Can you explain to me as a mother, how do you get your kids to eat the, like, I, I can't even think about what I would do to get my kids to eat these foods. Yes. No, I totally hear you. And Eat Your Heart Out really is, and I just want to put it out there, it is a book for you. It is a book, like, this was my ode to happy eaters everywhere. Like, I'm not going to force my kids to, I, I don't want to give my kids complexes around food either. So I don't want to have them feel like, you know, we only eat these healthy things. Like, I right. want them to start to pay more attention to what they feel good eating and also to be exposed to ways that they can um, can have more control about their food, can have more more adventure with their food. I think that's where I was really paying close attention is I don't, I don't want my kids to be afraid to try new things. I right. think that is really the most important uh, place we can fall into a pitfall is like, you finally find a healthy thing your kid likes to eat. We feed it to them over and over and over and over and over again. And then they become afraid to push outside those boundaries. So I try to show my kids that my husband and I love to adventure through food. It's how we eat. It's how we explore, et cetera. It is an adult thing to be adventurous with food, which always makes your kids more excited about it. And right. exposure of just like lots and lots of different types of foods that they might want to try. Like this was something that I started doing that actually has made a big difference I'll do communal style eating and I won't actually serve my kid, the older two. I won't serve them. I'll right. let them serve themselves. And simply by like the agency of letting them choose how much goes on their plate, they suddenly don't have that like, no, I won't do what you say. I'm not right. listening. And I, and I always say like big kids try everything once. They have to take one bite of everything on the table. It, beyond that, I'm not going to force them. But that is all about that exposure so they don't develop a fear of trying new things. So like what happens when you go to a birthday party and everyone's having like cake and candy and stuff? I'm totally good. You let them. A hundred percent. And like for school, like what do you – like do they – do you bring – 
their own lunches to school or the school gives lunch? No, no, we, we are, st- my oldest is eight. So we still pack the lunches for them. Um, and I think, look, they do get, they do get stuff at school. That's not uh, what your, I yeah. would love, love to right. have them have. But I think it's more important. Like my older, my daughter, Philomena, who's eight, you know, she would eat the bagels at school all the time. And then she kept coming home being like, I, you know, I feel, I felt tired or I was, my stomach hurt or whatever. And I, and I started saying, well, like, what did you have to eat today? Or what did you do that was different today? And she, it was by her own sort of association that she was like, every time I have this one muffin or this one bagel, like it makes me feel weird. So I would rather have her have that awareness. And by the way, sometimes she still chooses to have the bagel and that's totally fine. Like, it's just, I would rather have her be making that choice of like, Oh, I, I did this. Didn't like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also, again, to the point of, I don't, I'm not always going to be there to make the good, healthy choice for them. And I do, I don't want to have to be, I want them to be, be creating a foundation of, being adventurous with food, being excited to try new things, feeling confident that they know how to feed their bodies to feel good. And more importantly, feeling like everything is worth eating at some, like in some right. context. Is birthday right. cake worth eating at a birthday? Hell yeah. Is it worth eating stale <laughs> store-bought three days later because it's still sitting on your counter? Probably not. You know, that's, right. The, right. that's the tricky balancing act. I try, I try to like have my kids have popsicles, right? Because it's freaking hot and it's summer in Florida. But we make them ourselves. I let my right. kids have, you know, cake and candy and all the rest and, 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 you know, cookies and things. But we try to make as many of them as possible. So, like, there's a slight barrier to entry of we're going to make the things that we're going to eat that we are indulging with, um, which I find, A, limits how often you're having them and, B, um, just makes them more wholesome. Like, just by virtue of, like, you made them like yourself. They're not, you know. What's your favorite recipe in the book? And what should beginners who are eating bagels and sugar all the time, when we buy your book, what's the first recipe we should try to get us hooked into the book? Oh, oh, exciting. Okay. Well, okay. So I'm going to answer in reverse. To answer your last question, um, the first recipe you should try if you're hooked on sugar and you just want to like have something that, that can show you and your kids how delicious a pancake can be that's free from refined sugar, it should be the magic pancakes. And they are, it's the first recipe in the book for a reason. It's the thing my kids are obsessed with. And it's the thing that adults are obsessed with too, including myself. It's, um, it is a lovely protein and fiber packed rendition of the breakfast time favorite. Um, and so that would be the first thing I would start with for that person, for the person who's a totally novice cook, who just wants to see like how good it feels to create something delicious in the kitchen. I'm going to go. And also cause it's hot today. I'm going to yeah. go with a cucumber melon gazpacho, which is basically Sounds a savory so smoothie. Good. It's freaking delicious. It's cucumber I'm on Amazon melon. right now ordering it. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. I'm ordering it right now. Um, and it is, I have to say, like there's scallions and, and fresh lime juice. And it's just like, it's everything. It's savory. It's sweet. Um, and I will show you through that recipe how to soak your almonds. And the kids like it? Something. The kids like this. I leave the jalapeno out for them because then it's just like a lovely sweet smoothie um, situation right. with lots of vegetables, obviously. And the cucumber is really hydrating. You can make it really mellow for the kids, too. You can obviously keep it, you know, really just like lovely and light. What about chocolate chips in your pancakes? Why not? Put chocolate chips in there. I, honestly, I'm also Like big- enjoy life. I literally, that is my like life slogan. <laughs> enjoy life. Make it delicious. I have to say you have to be getting more than you're giving up always to as a human right you have to make if you're making any new changes in your life 
Start from the beginning. Right. If you have any habits in your life, they are there for a reason. They serve you in some way. Something about them is convenient enough, simple enough, familiar enough, satisfies some urge that you have, which is why you have those habits. So to make any changes, you have to make it easy and delicious and fun. Otherwise, you will not stick with it. This is my my personal philosophy, my, my deep sociological study of humanity, is that that's the only way to actually get people to do anything different, um, good or bad. Where can we find the cookbook right now? Everywhere books are sold. It is, yeah, it's on Amazon. It's Barnes and Noble. It's, um, it's or you can come up to DaphneOz.com. I have all the details there for sure. How do you balance your life as a mom and oh also God. your career? I mean, it's like <laughs> next level. Um, this year has been really insane. It has not been as balanced as I normally try to be. Right. Um, just, I was, I was, uh, hosting the good dish in New York for all of January through April. So like every Monday wow. night I would get on a plane to New York Oh my God! and every Thursday I would fly home right from taping. And like, literally I would just live in the studio. I'd be in the studio from six in the morning till seven at night. I would go home and go to sleep. How long did you have to do that for? 10 weeks. We did a hundred shows in 10 weeks. Yeah. It was insane. It oh was really my nice. God. And then I got right off from doing that, I had like two weeks at home during which time, you know, like I had to create a bunch of content that I had like fallen behind on because I was gone all the time. Um, and I do these weekly uh, Thursday cooking IGTV. So I had to like cook all, I like cooked right. all day, every day oh for like two weeks. And then I turned around and went on book tour for, for Eat Your Heart Out. So it's been like a spring of amazing, like exciting, wonderful, professional advancement right. and also deep, like familial imbalance in terms of just like my kids are used to me being home a lot more than that. My kids are used to me being there when they, when they're, when they're there. And I, um, I recognize, like I was getting really unhappy about that. And I was, I felt myself, like I've really done, I've tried to be very diligent about weeding out mom guilt wherever I can, because I think it is so harmful to us going back to this idea of like stealing your own joy. Like this yeah. is, this is a, tri- this is an extremely challenging period of your life and also an extremely joyous period of your life where like your life is not your own. You are very much sharing it with other humans who rely on you. And somehow in the mix, it's important to me to hold on to my identity. It's important to me to feel like I'm living my life for me too. And so I, I really tried to weed out that feeling of mom guilt when like I was can away from my kids. Can you actually, like, can you actually, like, I, I feel the same way, but like I, it, it's so much easier said than done. You know, it's just always there for me. The most powerful like mental tool that I found um, is I was, I, I just started reminding myself, like every time I would feel guilty for being away from my kids and this it worked both ways. When I was with my kids, I was worried I was missing career yeah. things I needed to be doing. When I was working, I was worried I was missing I know. things with my kids. I would never get back. And what I ultimately have reasoned with myself to say is like, if you're doing something it's because you've made a choice to be here. Something right. about this is really, it's important for your family or it's important for you. Like I have gotten much, much, much more diligent about saying no to things that are like lukewarm for me or just, op- I, my husband said this and I think it's so smart. Do not confuse opportunity with strategy. And I think that's like, it like was just this major thing for me because I realized that I, I thought saying, I thought that saying no was like shutting, uh, shutting doors and shutting opportunities, but right. saying no to things you're lukewarm on actually frees up your time and schedule to be able to say yes to the things that are hell yes. Right. And that was, you know, so being able to prioritize the hell yeses and say no to what I could say no to that I you know, wasn't super passionate about made me feel more confident that like, if I've made a choice to be here, it's for a really good reason. And, right. um, 
And I also deeply believe that your kids remember how you make them feel. So if you're going to get home and feel super like overjoyed to be with them and, and have so much fun that's with them. That's what they'll remember. Be, that's what they'll remember. Not, I hope not necessarily the, like, you know, the fact that you were gone three nights this week, yeah, you know? So no. I think it's, and, and also recognizing that life is not linear. It's like, it's very cyclical. Like this was a period where work was really prioritized. And now this summer is going to be all, right, family, with the, all kids. the time. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it, that's sort of how I'm rationalizing it to myself. No, that's actually, <laughs> that's actually really smart. And do you, how do you make time for yourself? Like, what do you do for you? Aside, I mean, aside from work, but. <laughs> you want the honest truth? Yeah. You're like, I, I stay don't. up really late. <laughs> like a total that's, psycho. Yeah, that's the only way. That's the only way, right? Like I am up till like midnight, 1am, like all all the time because it's a, it's when I get the most work done because my house is finally quiet. What time do you wake up? Like six thirty seven, probably um, six. I'm, I am, I speaking of like humans getting, you know, getting to, to yeah. feel good. I actually think we like our lives a lot when yeah. there's routine, when there's expectation of routine. And one of the things that has deeply fallen by the wayside for me is any like workouts. So I am trying to get better at like, waking up first thing in the morning. So I'm going to set my alarm quite a bit earlier and like waking up and getting that workout. And cause I just, I feel so much better when I, it's funny. There's, I think it's dopamine that (laughs) one of the happy chemicals that is released when you set a task for yourself and actually follow through. And it can be tiny. It could be like, I am going to drink a glass of water at 10 AM. And then you actually drink your, like your brain's like, Oh, you did it. Discipline. You did it. You showed up. So I think, um, I'm going to, I, my, my, now that like my work thing has settled a little bit, I am going to be working out first thing in the morning, which I'm really excited about. And then, yeah, I mean, look, like that's, that is the me time thing is a tricky piece because I feel like it is oftentimes at the bottom yeah. of a long list of to-dos, but I find that by scheduling at like, usually at 10 o'clock at night, I have like in my calendar, a 15 minute thing of just like me time. And I'll sit with my legs propped on the wall and listen to a podcast or get That's in the nice. bath or right. like hang out just for 15 minutes. And it feels like it's not a nice to have, it's yeah. a need to have, which I think is yeah, really 100%. important. That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnas and at Something Navy. See you next week.